Hey, Howard, we're going to talk about fear. There's so many different kinds of fear that we seem to be running into these days that it's incredible, the catalogs. First, I've, I've just seen an increase in fear expressed by friends and everything. But oh, that's more so in, in my practice, there's fear of medications, fear of vaccines, fear that you're going to make your arthritis worse if you exercise, fear you're going to hurt yourself if you exercise. And these are all the excuses that are now offered as to why people have stopped running, stopped cycling, stopped weight training. I share videos on Twitter and Instagram, not for, for performative purposes, because I'm not that good, but just to show that they can be done. And yeah. it's okay to do these jumps and hops and crazy things. And yet I'll get a ton of feedback from people what the hell are you doing? Are you going to kill your knees? Your back is going to go out. You're this, you're that. Yeah, it's amazing. It's really interesting. And I mean, we'll, we'll start off like granular and then, and then we can talk about why this is happening. And I obviously see the same things. I mean, it doesn't matter whether it's, well, this morning is a good example. I was out ski touring this morning and I crossed the corner of, of I watched for avalanche slopes, right? So you're always paying attention to the gradient of the slope and you don't want it to be over a certain percentage. Because generally speaking, it, most avalanches happen after a certain gradient, especially with new snow and so on. And the very first thing you get from people is like, oh, I, I, would, never do, I would never do that. You're going to have to be really concerned about avalanches. And then you explain to them, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, that's true. As soon as you leave like anything that's flat, there is a chance that the snow will slide. And it's like a, a friend of mine who's a, a, um, a snow researcher, his, his line to everybody always is if people say what, what slopes won't slide. And the answer is the ones that don't have snow on them. Everything else could fit. <laughs> everything else under certain circumstances could slide, but that doesn't mean you should never go on a slope that has snow on it. Right. Right. And yet people get fixated on, on the worst possible outcomes and allow it to control their lives. And so in, in my case, I said, well, here's what I do to reach a compromise in terms of managing my risk and feeling like I can get out, get some exercise, have a good time and whatever else, and not be doing something really stupid. And I'll explain it. And basically it, it won't matter what I say. People will say, well, that's not good enough. Like there's, there's fresh snow, it could slide. There's a steep slope nearby, it could slide. And these things are all hundred percent true. And I mean, I've, I've, I've often get to the point now where I just say, what? It doesn't matter what you do at, at some point you're going to die anyway. <laughs> so it's like. <laughs> If your goal is to never do anything that causes you any harm and in that way live forever, right. you're, out of, you're out of luck. Right. <laughs> We're very bad at risk assessment. We're yeah. really, really poor. It's, it's like the Russian space weapon or whatever. I mean, uh -huh. everyone freaked out, but what, what the hell are you and I going to do about it? Nothing. Nothing. So right. let's exercise and yeah. keep going. So... Maybe let's start off with the, one of the, one of your favorites and one of the ones we run into all the time, but, and then we can go up from why this is happening, but this relationship between X, the fear that exercise will lead to hip problems, knee problems and whatever else. And I mean, I think a lot of this is just because people have this very mechanistic view of their own body. They think of themselves as like a, a fleshy robot and I need to be careful that I don't overuse this thing because I have this mechanistic view of how my hip works or my, my, my knee works. And because of this bad metaphor that's in their head, 
they come up with this idea that I'm managing my risk by not doing the thing that might have and eventually lead to some mechanistic degradation of that of the of the knee or the hip or whatever else. I mean, for me, that's where a lot of this starts. I don't know if you agree, but no, I absolutely agree. A lot of people think that wear and tear in our body is like sandpaper on wood, right? right? That every time that we move it, we're taking a little bit off and it's just not true, right? It's not the source of the source of degradation or these changes is often not mechanical load. And in, case, in most cases, it's the absence of mechanical loads because yeah. we, we have healing properties and loads stimulate development and changes. And if uh, absent those loads, we shouldn't expect our structures to have to maintain themselves. That's an evolutionary pressure, right? Yeah, right, right, right. So if you don't load it, I mean, obviously you can, you could, I mean, there's, ex there's extremes of everything, but if you don't load it, how does the joint know that it needs to respond to something? So it, so it doesn't, and then it becomes less prone, less able to respond to future loads and round and round the cycle goes, right? So the more it's you rest it in Right. And the perverse Correct. way it gets worse. Absolutely. It's the same with our bone density. The right. same with our, our tendon stiffness, the strength of the tendon attachment to the bone. All of that will increase in time if load is applied properly. So you'll get to the point where you can tolerate very high loads. But if you don't use that, Wolf's law, the body's going to take that away. It doesn't want to yeah. maintain structures and waste energy on things that you're not using. So, and this applies to a, we could, we could go across a long laundry list of activities. Well, let's go to a couple more, but then abstract up for a second. But the other one that I, I constantly run into is people who've become obsessed with sleep tracking and <laughs> their whole day is ruined. If I only got a score of whatever on my sleep last night and right. don't be surprised if I'm not in my best condition. And it's like, what are you talking about? You're literally letting the score on a device on your watch or on your on a ring or whatever else dictate your day independent of how you feel, right? This isn't like it's necessarily correlated completely with how they feel. It's you're letting the device dictate how you feel. And then that feeds on itself, right? I'm, I'm like, what can I do? I was saw a piece yesterday. I think it was the New York times had a thing going around about all the best tools for optimizing your sleep. And I just, I want to punch my laptop. <laughs> it is nonsense. We, we, I got, I got into a lot of trouble when I first got a ring that tracked my sleep. It yeah. definitely had, I felt great when I woke up, I saw the score and I said, oh shit, I can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah. Yeah. And there's a, there's a point where I, I like numbers. I like my resting heart rate. I like my morning HRV because these things are predictive for me, but not over a single point, yeah. right? It's, it's the trend that matters. And I use Marco's app. That app has predicted every single illness or injury that I've had for years. So I really, do pay attention to it. Though. It really is remarkable, but on a day-to-day -day basis, it's, no, it's just noise. way too noisy to be useful. So I think a lot of this my and I, we've beaten up on some other people who go really deep into the weeds in the, the, the health, fitness and longevity space and scare people with too much information. And I think a lot right. of it is there, there's a, a notion in behavioral finance of an availability bias that you're biased by the information that you're most easily able to obtain. And it's the information you're easily, most easily able to obtain is things that say, 
oh, here's something you need to think about. You need to be aware of this. Oh, this is something you need to be eating. This is how you need to fix your sleep. That's the information you're saturated with. And that becomes this availability bias, which I think leads to this problem that people are, are perpetually on this state of unease about every aspect of what they're doing. Oh, I'm not, I'm not deadlifting properly. I'm not sleeping properly. I'm not pick, pick a whatever. And I watched a, a friend recently, we were at dinner and after dinner, they had, I think six supplements they had after dinner. I was like, <laughs> you ate, you ate dinner. <laughs> what, what was it? What was your, what's your complaint specifically about what was in that dinner? Oh, I don't know. I just, just in case, just to be prudent. The soup right? cheese. And I'm like, you said, you know what? You really, this, this is, this is taking this problem of feeling like I need to, and we've talked about this before of this nano optimization to like extreme lengths to the point that you start to feel like if I don't do these things, I become fearful. I'll maybe if I don't have enough of this supplement, it's going to lead to some kind of dementia or it's going to lead to some, something more mundane, like I'll just a loss of energy or whatever else. And that's why I shared a piece with you yesterday. I think it was, and it's related to the same problem of fear was this. This idea that I forgot, was it the Alzheimer's Association? Alzheimer's, there's a, this, yeah. yeah, that there's this push to create this classification, this gradation of dementia called stage one Alzheimer's, analogous, right. I suppose, to stage one diabetes or something else. This podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. No doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. Content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. And we will not respond to requests for medical advice.